Hello and welcome to All Villa No Filler, a podcast all about Aston Villa, the world's greatest football team. Unai Emery's side made it an incredible 13 league wins in a row at home with a 3-1 defeat of Fulham. Hugh Grant, your boys took one hell of a beating and later Frankie will serve me up a tongue-melting spicy question. But first things first, Frankie, how are you? I am loving that we taught Hugh Grant a lesson. Hugh Grant is sat there right now crying in some... Wealthy, nice pub in the corner of Fulham, uh, just weeping at what he witnessed this weekend. But George, how was how was your stag do up in? Oh yes, that's right. Yeah, well, unfortunately, Frankie, you you couldn't come. I there were some some it. issues there, yeah. um, which prevented you from coming. Very sadly for me, but it was it was very good, Frankie. I was up in, I was up in uh, the hometown of uh, Super John McGinn, Edinburgh. Oh. Um, and it was it was lovely. It was lovely. Uh, I was I was worried at one point that a storm would prevent me from flying up there, but um, but the clouds parted. I think God knew that my stag must go ahead. Yes. Um, so we got up there, and it was it was great. It was a very very interesting uh, mixed bag um of of things organized by uh by our mutual friend dan mm. there was amateur wrestling involved frankie which i loved that's exactly what i wanted there was there was uh there was a stand-up comedy event i went to where they found out i was a stag so they forced me to sit in the front row and i had to endure about an hour and a half of roasting yeah um it felt like which... the entire 2016 season for aston villa <laughs> yeah just an hour and a half of that really. yeah just sat in a seat squirming which is why yeah. i did during the entirety of 2016 and um what else uh a bit of mini golf gotta love mm-hmm. a bit of mini golf yeah um and just a, just a lot of a lot of drinking in some of edinburgh's finest this genuinely is... sounds like heaven that was think, great think when you go um, to heaven this is it yeah this was it this was yeah. it and while i was there uh what happened with the football did villa play that weekend i think we did play we beat well, who do we beat we lost I, to nottingham I, forest we lost to forest <laughs> that's right that's it you're that's out that's right you're we out. lost to forest we, we've won so many games frankie it's very hard to keep up with the games we've lost that's the mm. remarkable thing about this season at the moment yeah. it's like I, i've put the i've put the forest game to one side i've, I've we've moved on yeah and actually to be fair frankie we're very good at moving on from defeats these days yeah um normally if we if we lose one we sort of historically would sort of feel very sorry for ourselves and it would take about two or three games for us to sort of get back on our feet but mm. but no we we came back after that with a win in um the uh the conference league a very very good win against Alkmaar and then obviously followed that up with a 3-1 win uh against uh, against Fulham we're managing Europe very well at the moment Frankie which is which is very impressive but perhaps mm. unsurprising with Emery in charge exactly that we've got the manager haven't we uh Jamie Callagher said it himself. Um, he said they've, uh, you know, outside of Klopp and Guardiola, there aren't many. There, are, there, are, there isn't any manager in the Premier League who really has the experience of winning things in Europe and managing a league team. And it's interesting to see how Villa play mm. sometimes at the weekend. It feels like sometimes uh, the pace of our play goes down a little bit in the second half of games. Yeah, and you know the substitutions we make sometimes. I I think Emery is managing the team. I think he's saying don't. It, it just feels like that. It feels like there's a there's a pattern we're following in a lot of games. Uh, but I'll talk about that in a sec. But George, I tell you what, we talk about Edinburgh, 
I think every single person in Scotland should claim Arthur's seat in Edinburgh and give thanks to whatever God is up there and thank thank them for Super John McGinn uh, uh, being a Scottish international. In fact, I think we should walk up there as a pilgrimage, yeah, like like walking to Lourdes in the south of France, uh, you know, on a on a Catholic pilgrimage, like my uh, my grandparents went on once. Uh, I. I would walk all the way up to Arthur's seat and give thanks to whatever is up there and say, thank you for John McGinn. Because, George, I was in the stadium for that win. And I was in the stadium for when we beat Everton 4-0. And I was there. And I tell you this now, I've said it before and I'll keep saying it again. John McGinn is a Manchester United Alex Ferguson player. When Alex Ferguson won the Premier League, he didn't win it with players like Kylian Mbappe, Neymar. He won it with players like a, a Roy Keane, a Dennis Irwin. Dennis Irwin, he won it, yeah. Won it with players like a Darren Fletcher, a Johnny Evans. And, I, and I, John McGinn is of that level. And I'd say he he has a fighting, battling spirit where he never gives up. But at the same time, you could just think, you, you could look at him and think that's all he has. But it isn't. He has absolutely fantastic quality on the ball that... You know, I'm not sure any of us really foresaw that he could get to the level that he's currently hitting under Unai Emery. You know, a year ago under Gerard, he was dropped out of the team, yeah. having been given the captaincy. Yeah. And now he's look what Emery's done to him in the last year. You know, it's like it's it's like it's like going on some uh, MTV show and they've just remodeled you and you've turned you into Brad Pitt. You know, it's <laughs> ten years younger. Ten years yeah, younger, it, something yeah, like that. Benjamin Button did. I, I don't know what they did, but it it's it's. He was absent from the first minute, right? Fulham were trying to be physically bullying in the middle, right? With Palinia. How Palinia didn't get booked earlier on, I don't know. But him and Awobi were quite physically strong and try, you know, and they probably, there could have been circumstances in the past where they would have overmuscled and overawed our midfield and we would have had nothing in the centre. But he said John McGinn stood up to it over and over again. He'd use his big booty, his big, beautiful booty to force, to keep the ball, force them off. Do a turn, and in, in, in the first half, he was the, the only player who caught on that Luca Dean was regularly free on the left. So he he turned on it, whipped it out to Dean, who uh, put a good ball into Musa Diaby, it straight the keeper should have scored. But again, second half, that moment, George, when Lu, Leon Bailey was running through, puts the ball into um, John McGinn, and McGinn, my goodness, yeah. the way he was able to turn. Hold them full and players off. Wait for the right moment to make the pass to Leon Bailey. George, we should have 10 minutes of silence just to think about it and appreciate it. 10 minutes of silence just to sit here and absorb it and think, thank you, thank you, whatever's up there, that this player has been gifted to Aston Villa um, from the great city of Edinburgh. From, uh, Frankie, the Frankie, top- I, I, I did, I did. I was at a children's birthday party on Sunday. I took myself away from the screaming kids at a at a, at a uh, soft play center and 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 just thought about John McGinn. Um, and that's yeah. what got me through. Um, <laughs> well, all was... screaming in the background. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just sort of tuned that all out, and I just, I just, um, I just thought about John McGinn for ten minutes, and I, and that helped me compose myself. And then I rejoined uh, the activities, but, um, yeah. but yeah, no, I mean, what a phenomenal, what a phenomenal performance. One of many this season from, from, uh, SJM and, uh, you know, he's kind of one of those players that you do wonder if he was, if he, you know, if he wasn't Scottish, maybe if he was Brazilian or, you know, Argentinian or whatever, a bit more flamboyant in terms of his background, 
he'd you know probably be playing for um for for Real Madrid right now or uh, or you know at least a, at least a top wow. uh, top European probably not Real Madrid but uh, but certainly a top European a top European club uh, Alex other than Alex Oscar. Ferguson Man United player oh yeah that, no, that's what he reminds me of he, he just is that and he the, play, the, and he had, the, we have a player like that at Villa the moment the moment when he um he picked up the ball uh on the flank and just breezed past was it um, Bassi? Bassi. yeah, and then he put the ball in for for Watkins. You know, Watkins, I don't know how he missed that to make it four one, really. But um, but the move from McGinn was absolutely phenomenal, and that just summed up summed up his performance um, uh, against Fulham. He was just he was everywhere. He it, again, you know, he's back to his bustling best, where he just sort of just seems to waltz past everybody. And and let's not forget the goal he scored, the quality of that finish was, was absolutely brilliant. superb. It was it was brilliant. Um, he he so, sent Palinia into another universe. The multiverse did. of madness. Palinia's looking around going, this isn't the John McGinn I was just playing against. Yeah. He's yeah, he's spinning in a black hole. So we're in deep space right now, Paulinho. Still thinking about yeah. how he got how he got done by John McGinn. It was it was just absolutely unbelievable. It was so good. But you know, to to, to a man, we were fantastic. I, I think we need to talk about Esri Conster as well at this point because oh, yeah. obviously he's got his call up for England. A long awaited call up for England. In fact, Frankie, I've made a list things that have taken less time than Esri Conster getting his well deserved England call up. You ready for this? Oh yeah. HS two, the Sagrada Familia. The Hundred Years' War, the person who ran a marathon with a fridge on his back, the melting of the polar ice caps, and the formation, growth, and subsequent decline of the Roman Empire. All those things have taken less time than Esri Conser getting his England call-up, Yeah, which is absolutely unbelievable. But he's got there in the end, finally. Uh, uh, you know, Gareth Southgate has seen the error of his ways, and he's been brought up in into the England team. He had an absolutely, you know, stormy game against Fulham um, as, as well. Mm. You know, not you know, not not particularly flashy. He's never that flashy, Conser. But what he has done this season is he he has become that leader at the back, the one that has you know used. To, it was Tyrone Mings. Um, you know, Tyrone Mings obviously suffered that that really bad injury. You wish him all the best in his recovery. But but Conser has come in and he's taken that role and he's and he's so good at what he does and mm. you know you talk about players um not making kind of last ditch tackles because the positioning is their positioning is just spot on all mm. the time yeah his positioning is just absolutely phenomenal his reading of the plays reading of the game he just he just he's just he just knows what to do doesn't he he, he knows what to do at the tender age of 26 and I heard it, you know, yesterday in the stadium, there was a moment when Matty Cash like lumped the ball forward in the later in the second half and gave it away. And I, yeah. I, I heard Concer scream at him to calm down. And again, it's, it's, it's like that sort of leadership mentality yeah. that he's, he's starting to display. And you saw yeah. it in evidence there. Um, you're exactly right, George. I mean, if you think about it, Concer, you know, uh, there's been there was a period where he sort of dipped in his form and wasn't as great. Yeah, but there was that period of time, you know, when we stayed up that season, you know, when after the COVID break, uh, where we were playing in a low block, uh, sitting back a bit more, and Cons was absolutely fantastic with his positioning that in, in those that run of games that we stayed up, he really came alive, and I remember thinking like he looked like a, you know, he looked like a player who could become a world class defender like that. He had something about him. Yeah, and you know he's been in and out of form a little bit in the recent years. But I always believed I always believed he had more about him than I think a lot of pundits maybe thought. And my, why I thought that was because I think 
I don't know why, but I feel like I've heard people say before that he's not great on the ball, but I actually think he's really good on the ball. Yeah. I think he's I, actually I, I think he's very comfortable at sort of retaining possession under a lot of pressure. Yeah. And, you know, um, obviously we now play a much more progressive style at the back. We hold on to it, play it forward. And I think Conta's good at it. I, 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 I don't know. I don't don't see much. I, I don't see much of a flaw in his game with it. Uh, no, I think I think he's good at it. So, but you can see like what what I was saying then. So, you know, he's very good in that low block with under Dean Smith. But then under Uno Emery, we now play a very different style in defence. And he's shown his versatility and his intelligence and the ability that he can learn a totally new and very difficult style. A hard, playing that high line, it's so hard. And look at the amount of times that Aston Villa catch players offside. It's just over and over and over again. Yeah, Every yeah. game, it's it's just constant. Yeah. And, um, you know, he's he's a massive part of us being able to achieve that alongside, Absolutely. you know, Pau Torres and, uh, and the other defenders. But... um. I thought yesterday, Conta. I'll give I'll give a shout out for three big defensive moments: two from Conta and one from Cash. Yeah, one from Conta in the first half was when it was nil nil, and uh, Fulham, who I think were actually quite intelligently set up by Marcus Silva, I think is a smart, pragmatic coach. I think we won because we had a we just had a better quality player with the home advantage, and I think we just I think just our excellent football won it for us basically. Um, but on top of that, I think. You know, there was a there was a moment where they did get in down the right hand side. I think it was Declan Dover Reed whipped it across, and Jimenez was waiting there to make it one nil. And concert, an amazing block, and it's not been in any of the highlight videos I've seen, but it was an absolutely fantastic block. Mm. Um, and then he did it again, and I've not seen it in any highlight videos either. Ball over the top to uh, uh, Pereira, who got on through, and I, again I thought he's in, he's in, it's, he's going to have a shot here, and concert somehow got back and got it off him. Again, just fantastic defending. Get you know, because with that high line, on occasion yeah. you are going to get someone's getting going to get in behind it. You got to recover, mm-hmm. and then another time, Matty Cash, yeah. William, clean through. He's going to yeah. get there, and it's going to be one on one. Cash with the awareness, phenomenal tackle, yeah, and the speed to get to it. It was a real moment of brilliant athleticism yeah. and commitment. But you meant you mentioned you know that the highlights weren't featured. Oh, sorry, the the, the moments involving uh, concert weren't in the highlights. Yeah, that, that that. But that's that's the point. That you know that that's what he does. You know, nothing. Everything he does is is just very you know pr- pragmatic and and you know it's not it's not you know it's not one for the cameras it's not last ditch diving tackles like like cash's was a bit sort of hollywood he needed to make it it was a fantastic tackle i mean it, you know he, he, the speed to get back there and, and and the timing of the tackle was brilliant but but Conta's not probably like that in terms of what he does his effective his effectiveness is that he just gets goes about his business quite subtly mm. um but it's very incredibly effective as I said, it's it's positioning. He's always in the right place to to clean up, to tackle, to to do whatever he does, and he does it at such a high level now. And obviously, he's doing this with a with a brand new partner. I mean, for the best part of three seasons, he, Tyra Mings has been his partner. You know, literally week in week out, we haven't had a disruption to that too. Up his injury against Newcastle at the first game of the season, and Pau Torres was thrown in. You know, brand new league, brand new style of football. You know, all the rest of it. Um, and he's and he concert has I think really helped Torres bed in quite quickly. Like you know, to to begin with, I think there were some issues with Torres, and there might still be as the season progresses. But in recent weeks, I think Torres has been absolutely brilliant. I think yeah, he's been fantastically yeah. well. But I think con- concert concert has been a huge part 
in that in terms of his leadership, his guidance, helping him along, you know, helping him you know, perhaps get used to sort of the atmosphere in Villa Park, all the rest of it. Because Conster's the Conster's been there for a, a long time now. He's a he's yes. a see, he's he's a he's a seasoned he's Villa a player. Veteran. He's a veteran, isn't he? So, you know that that you think you need to give Conster credit for that too. So. He, yeah, he's just been absolutely brilliant, and um, yeah, it's more, it's yeah. I think my, my this discussion about Conte is not so much really about the Fulham game because he was very, he was obviously very good, but it's it's you know the fact he's got that England call up now, it's it's just credit for how much he's come along in the past few months. And again, as you say with John McGinn as well, Emery's ability to 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 turbocharge these players um, has been incredible, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, it really is amazing. It's you know improvement in so many of these players to see them go up so many levels and become players that you suspected they could be yeah the the ability was always there the potential was always there but they yeah. needed someone like Emery to kind of coax it out of them but then maybe even hitting heights that I like John McGinn like I said it about a year I remember saying it a while ago that I thought he was a bit of a Fergie style player and I, I remember somebody coming back to me saying no he's he's not even as good as say James Milner when he was at Villa and I thought at the time, I thought, well, you know, Milner was brilliant at Villa. But when I watch McGinn, I think, no, you know, he is. He is good. He is as good as, like, he's, when I saw him at Everton this season in the 4-0, he was 10 out of 10. He was absolutely yeah. amazing. Maybe I need to go see him play all the time because every time I go see him, he always scores. <laughs> Mostar, uh, Fulham, uh, Everton, and then the Chelsea game last season where he scored his mm. first goal in, like, 10 years. Um, maybe I'm his lucky charm. Um, but yeah, um, so, so look, uh, uh, but I thought, you know, with the game, you know, I, I, I just thought that I think Fulham were quite smartly set up in that they had William and they had uh, Decker over really the first half out wide and they had Iwobi sort of trying to make runs from deep. And um, you could see what the game plan was, you know, but, and I think that I think Fulham actually played all right. And I don't think, I don't think they'll be in relegation trouble this season. No, I don't think so. But Villa, again, it's just a really reassuring sign that we're just blowing these teams away. Like, you know, we did it felt like we didn't even really need to get out of like mm. again, it, it felt like it wasn't like full throttle, yeah. fifth gear Jeremy Clarkson Villa. You know what I mean? It wasn't top gear. It was more, you know, it was we were still quite calm and measured and got the goals we needed and maybe didn't exert ourselves in the way, you know, we didn't have to go chasing the game all the time, got the job done early doors. Um, and so, you know, one pattern I am noticing, and I've seen this a few times at Villa, is where we seem to be leading in the first half because we play brilliant football, work an opening, get a goal. And like Brighton, we were 3-0 up. West Ham, I think we were 2-0. 2-0 against Fulham again. But it seems like every time after the second, after, after when the second half starts, we seem to be a bit more, we seem to invite the pressure a bit. We seem to go a bit more like an Emery team when he, when he was at Valencia. It's a bit more pragmatic. And it's almost like we're trying to, we then just think, suck up the pressure and then hit them on the break. Mm. And it's worked every time so far. Mm. I mean, we we do just seem to, it, I get sort of a bit nervous and think like, you know, Fulham yesterday were putting pressure on, just like Brighton did when, you know, and they scored, it went 3-1. But And West Ham also got their goal for Bowen. But I was, uh, you know, with Fulham, I was thinking, like, oh, they, they, they looks like they're going to work an opening here. But then out of nowhere, Villa just go and get a goal yeah. and hit them on the break. And we did mm. the same to Brighton, we did the same to West Ham. So, I'm interested. I don't fully know whether this is like the plan, uh, and I'm not sure it'll work against like an Arsenal or a City. But it certainly like seems to be a. If it is the plan, it's it's working magnificently, um, mm. and just shows you know what 
just what a fantastic coach we have in Unai Emery. All Villa, No Filler on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Welcome back, everybody. Now it's time for this. George and I could get into a Polinia versus John McGinn-style battle in this, the spicy question. Today, George, I ask you, with tough fixtures coming up soon, including Spurs away, Bournemouth away, Lechia Warsaw at home in an all-or-nothing game, City and Arsenal at home, all in close succession, George, can Aston Villa keep up this amazing form? Well, this 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 is the acid test, isn't it? I mean, mm. if you look at if you look at the results that we've had so far, um, particularly against the the, the so called bigger teams, the, the likes of um, you know Newcastle, uh, Liverpool. Liverpool, you know those games obviously stand out. We haven't really performed well. I mean, granted, those were the away games. You know, not many teams are going to get anything out of a trip to Manfield and and I'm probably ditto St. James's Park to be honest although they've been sort of hit by injuries at the moment so you know we've, we just played them at the wrong time maybe um but um but yeah we we haven't really played teams of that quality since um I mean that's not to say that that you know we we um were guaranteed wins in all the other games that we played against so-called perhaps lesser opposition because you know the Forest game proved that that even games that we might be expected to win, we can still get unstuck and, and and teams can beat us. And that and that's the beauty of the Premier League, really, that you can never you can never quite work out how a game is going to go necessarily against against you know any anyone that you play. Hmm. Um but but certainly I'd really like to see us compete more against the teams that basically we're going to be, hopefully, fingers crossed, um competing with to uh finish in the kind of the, the top European places. So obviously Spurs is is the one I've been looking at for for a couple of weeks now. Um, the Highline Derby, the Highline Derby, Highline Derby, the Highline Derby, uh, mainly because of that because we we both play a very similar type of football. So it'd be very interesting to see how we get on. I mean, I'm I'm I mean, you know, I'm giving it the kiss of death here, but I'm encouraged by the fact that you know they've I say encouraged, but they, they've obviously got quite a serious injury problem at the moment. So maybe in terms yeah. of timings to play them, it could it could work out quite nicely for us. Um, but you know, it is away from home. Um, obviously, our record at home is is brilliant. Our, our record away from home so far is it isn't isn't as good. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a cha- that's an opportunity for us to kind of rectify that situation against against a, a really well performing side who are you know in a, in a bit of a sticky spell form wise at the moment. Yeah. For the last couple of games, they've struggled. So um, so that will be good. And then and then yeah, I mean the home games against Arsenal and Man City. Um, you know, I, I don't think they'll look, be looking forward to coming to Villa Park. The, the form, the run of form we're on, thirteen games, uh, thirteen wins on the bounce at Villa Park, as we've met, already mentioned. We're, we're just, we're just on fire at home. Um, and I, I genuinely, you know, we should go into those games with no fear um, and 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 believe in our ability, believe believe in our in our squad and our capabilities. And I do think that that this will be kind of the measure of our season. If we can, if we can get anything from those two games, um, then I think people will really start to, to sit up and, and, and take notice. We're fifth at the moment, but there's a nice little gap between us and is it Man United? I think. It's yeah. Just- four points to United, five above Newcastle, six, I think six above Brighton. Yeah. So, so we've got a cushion. 
there's a bit of a cushion already and it's, and it's only November. Um, so yeah, I mean, those, those games will, will kind of take us through into kind of, yeah, like, you know, December and coming up to the, the January transfer window. And if we're in a really good position come sort of mid December, late December, then again, you're looking at the transfer window and just seeing where we can maybe improve to, to kind of solidify our or stabilize our position at that, at that end of the table. So it's really exciting. I'm looking forward to it. And, and I, and I just think, um, yeah, we can go into those games against that sort of level of opposition with, with, with no fear. Why, why would we fear them? I just, I think we've got, we've got a great chance. Chelsea proved yesterday that Man City can be got at. Yeah. Um, that's true, you know, yeah. they conceded four goals, which is something Man City very, very rarely do. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way Chelsea performing so far, granted that they're finding a bit of form themselves, but so far this season, they haven't been up to much. So if Chelsea can do it at Stamford Bridge, why can't Villa do it at Villa Park? So yeah, mm. as I say, looking forward to it. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I look forward to it because I look forward to seeing how this team can rise to the challenge. Um, and it, I've never been massively confident with Villa teams rising to challenges, you know, just from brutal experience of the last yeah. 30 years of my life. But, um, you know, this feels like a different prospect now, Villa. And, you know, Dare I say it, if you know, look, if there's five Champions League places this season, obviously there's Europa League places as well. If Villa are to get Europa or dare we to say Champions League, they have to beat the teams, they have to beat the teams at home yeah. who are going to be bottom half and in the middle of the table. And so far, we've, we've been doing that with ease. It's been fantastic. Now, the, the big question is, now, the, the problem with Villa this season, and the, the only real problem has been the away form. Yeah. And what the consistent pattern has been in these away games, Newcastle we conceded early, Liverpool we conceded early, Lechia Warsaw when we lost there conceded early, and Nottingham Forest conceded early. Mm. All of those games we conceded in the first 10 to 15 minutes. And I think it might be, this is a, this is a me with my little tinfoil app probably just trying to work it out, you know, but just doing the eye test, trying to think what, what is it? Why are we, why is this happening? And I wonder if it's that because we play such a ball dominant style, opposition teams know that, you know, the, the crowd is at its loudest in, you know, the first 15 minutes of a game. Yeah, if, if you can have a, a, a chance or a, there's a big, there's a tackle or something just to get the crowd on side, you, you, the chances are you'll, you'll get them in that first, Five minutes, yeah, and, and the crowd gets your goals. It does get your goal. Yeah. It just does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So all that noise, and then you've got kind of the the opposition players are at their most energetic in those first fifteen minutes, and it's when Villa haven't. It's when those fifteen minutes will be when Villa haven't settled into the game. Yeah, you know, and in a couple of those games, the goals we can see came from mistakes, like the Liverpool game, for instance. Pal Torres made a mistake, I think, giving it away, led to a corner, and they scored through Sobbs yeah, line. Yeah. So I I just wonder if because we do play quite a calm style. We're quite very, like we, we tend, we are we're usually the ball dominant side. Yeah. But we were battered at Liverpool. That was the one that I thought they really did outclass us that day with their pressing structure, all of it. It was brilliant. Newcastle, you, you can sort of write off as a bit of a freakish event, I think. And Forrest just sat deep, the low block, and we just didn't look like we were ever going to break it down. Yeah. So that's the the test for us. I think, can we sort the away format and can we stop conceding goals early doors in the first 15 minutes? And Tottenham away is going to be an interesting one. 
we're lucky they've got so many injuries with Madison, Basuma, uh, who's suspended, Romero suspended, Van der Ven particularly. Madison and Van der Ven feel like massive losses for them. Yeah. Um, I think Madison would have been the perfect player for them in the against our high line. Going deep, pulling out passes for Son, who's running, you know, I think he would have just causes a lot of problems. And Van der Ven with their high line, Watkins and Diaby getting in behind. You know, they don't have that pace to catch up because he's so fast. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a fascinating game. And I'm, I wonder if Villa might concede a bit of, might sit back a little bit deeper, try and win the midfield that battle with Kamara and begin Louise, and then go from there basically and try and do to them what teams try and do to us, which is soak it, soak it up, be ball dominant in the middle and then hit a ball over the top to Ollie Watkins where McGinn wins it physically and then a quick, left-footed whipped ball into Watkins or Diaby running behind. I think that might be the way Villa do it. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, the games, we've got Tottenham. And then a few days after that, Lechia Walser at home, which, you know, these Thursday night games are tough. We're fun. You know, we're winning. We're, we're winning. But Mostar yeah. and AZ yeah. were not easy games. Both oh. of them were like, we had to fight for it. And, we're, you know, we, we want to win the, the table, don't we? We don't want to yeah. play in another playoff. Yeah. So that that's an important game now. Then you've got Bournemouth away. We've just beaten Newcastle. Then... You know, three days after that, City at home, and three days after that, Arsenal at home. So that is a real, it's a big test of that. And, you know, if we can come through that with some really impressive performances and put in a couple of darts about the away form to bed, then you really have to believe, like, my God, this this is doing something now. And um, I'm confident, I think, we'll, I think we will do something. I, th- I think we will. I think we, we might be liable for a battering at some point, and there might be a day where we don't score our chances and mm. we just get beaten 3 0, and it's like, well, okay. That sucks. But yeah. the way the way we perform this season is we've bounced back from losses very, very quickly, um, which is a great sign of, of what our mentality is about. So um yeah, I'm I I'm I'm nervous about that run of games because it's you know it's tough. Um, but you know, Moreno's playing tonight in the under twenty ones. Yeah. He's on his way back. You've got Jacob Ramsey potentially yeah. coming back. Yeah. All these injured players hopefully coming back just at the right time. That could mm. be very, very helpful. So um yeah. I'm looking forward to it, but uh, you know, I'm also quite cautious. You know, I'm, yeah, it's in the blood, Frankie. It's tough. Yeah, it's in the blood being cautious. It's good to be cautious, but we can dream. My middle name. Nice. Okay. Well, that's it. Well, let's let's leave it there with Frankie cautious Maguire. Uh, Thank you, everybody, for listening. I've been your host, George Zelinski. Frankie, I will see you later. Catching a bit, George, up the villa. Up the villa, and it is goodbye from me too. We'll be back again very, very soon. But until then, come on, Super Aston Villa.